0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, fighting for financial security for our seniors. Find out more at carp.ca.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Zoomer Weekend Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Christine Ross for Libby's Nimer. Shocking real estate fraud leaves Zoomers most at risk. Word of a potential ban on gas stoves in the U.S. has ignited a controversy. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. A key pandemic food benefit is set to end in the United States, putting some seniors at risk. Emergency allotments of what used to be called food stamps have been in place for two years, but they're going to expire soon under a new government spending bill. The increased benefits were intended to stop once the government declared an end to the COVID public health emergency. But although public health emergency has been extended until April, the allotments will end earlier in February. Researchers in Singapore say when it comes to adults with hearing problems, those who wear hearing aids are almost 20% less likely to show signs of cognitive decline compared to those who did not. The relationship is preliminary, but even so, it supports previous research linking hearing loss to cognitive decline. In fact, a loss of hearing is one of the top risk factors for dementia, along with smoking, physical inactivity, and obesity. A second theory suggests that people with hearing issues use more cognitive power to listen, leaving little energy for them to focus or remember what they're actually listening to. Yet another theory suggests that hearing loss makes social interactions harder, leading to loneliness, which is a risk factor for dementia. This week, we marked International Holocaust Remembrance Day and a new survey shows a disturbing lack of awareness of key historical facts about the genocide. The survey in the Netherlands, commissioned by a Jewish group, has prompted calls for better education in the nation that was home to diarist Anne Frank and her family. The survey found that just over half of all respondents and 6 in 10 of those aged 18 to 39 did not know that 6 million Jews were murdered and more than a quarter believe the figure is two million or fewer. The poll also found that the number of respondents who believe the Holocaust is a myth was higher than any of the other five nations previously surveyed by the organization. In a landmark case, a 76-year-old Washington retiree is suing the District of Columbia because she says the marijuana smoke coming from her 73-year-old neighbor's apartment has invaded her home and is ruining her life. Josepha Ippolito Shepard, who says she'll never move from her home of 30 years, is asking the city to ban smoking in multi-unit buildings. She's asked the landlord next door to evict her neighbor and told him to stop smoking inside. Both have rejected her request. The lawsuit is the first of its kind in D.C., which legalized medical cannabis in 2010 and recreational use in 2015. So it is technically not against the law.
0: I'm just a run-of-the-mill guy who just does something which has helped me get through my week.
1: 100-year-old Peter Davies, who volunteers his time teaching elementary school children to read, was recently honoured by the UK government. Peter started volunteering six years ago after his wife of 72 years died. The centenarian says helping children gives him street cred in his town. Davies, who is the oldest recipient of the British Empire Medal Award, said he thought it was some sort of con at first when he opened up the letter informing him he was being honoured. I'm Christine Ross, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. It sparked debate in recent weeks with word the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission was looking to take action on hazards posed by gas stoves used in millions of homes. An outright ban is now off the table, but the renewed concern has ignited debate in the U.S. and in Canada. So what should consumers do? we reached Dr. Jeffrey Siegel, a professor of civil and mineral engineering at the University of Toronto. Jeffrey Siegel, thank you for joining us today.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: So there are studies showing the health risks and dangers of gas stoves. What are those risks?
2: So when you burn natural gas, you produce a variety of pollutants. Uh, They include things like nitrous oxides. And um, nitrous oxides are one example of a respiratory pollutant that has health effects.
1: So last week, there was lots of talk in the media about a possible ban in the United States on gas stoves. Now, there is, there will not be an outright ban now, but it did cause alarm for many consumers who have gas stoves. How can we mitigate health risks if we have a gas stove?
2: Yeah, so uh, I'll answer that, but I think there's a much bigger part of the story that's really important, and that is all cooking uh, creates a variety of pollutants that are harmful to our health. Uh, And so, you know, natural gas, burning natural gas is certainly important. But when we cook, there is also pollution that comes from heated surfaces. There's kind of a layer of stuff on every surface in our home. And when we heat it, it comes off as, as particles that can be quite harmful, as well as what we're cooking. For example, if you're frying something, it depends on the temperature and the oil and the style of cooking, but you're also producing a bunch of harmful pollutants. And so natural gas is important, but so are those other things. And so the solution uh, is proper ventilation of the cooking surface. So a range hood fan that works well and that you know, we're actually using is really the best defense.
1: And the study last week that was published claims that almost 13% of childhood asthma can be linked directly to gas stoves. Now, I know you're not a medical doctor, but there has been uh, at least one Canadian pediatrician who weighed in on it saying that he is skeptical. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah, so I think it's one of those scientific findings that's got a grain of truth, but I'm also somewhat skeptical, and I'm skeptical because... I think natural gas stoves might be important, but a lot of other things might happen at the same time that you use a natural gas stove. And so, for example, there have been studies that shown that um, in some circumstances, uh, people who have natural gas stoves might do a certain amount of of heating of their home with the natural gas oven, particularly in certain contexts. And that obviously is is not a great idea from an air pollution perspective. And so... I think we have to be very careful about is it just the natural gas or is it a whole host of things of which natural gas kind of is correlated or goes along with those things.
1: So even for people with electric ranges um, who want to mitigate risks, uh, in addition to a a good range hood, is there um, something else we can do? Maybe less less cooking, one-pot cooking, for instance?
2: Yeah, so I'm really wary of, of telling people like changing the way they cook or or how to cook. I'm not sure that going from, from, you know, two pots to one pot is actually causing, I mean, sure it's causing less pollution, but, but, you know, eating and cooking are important too. And so um, I, I come back to range hood fans. Now I do want to acknowledge that, you know, there's a lot of problems. A lot of people perhaps living in, in older homes or in apartment buildings don't have a range hood fan or don't have one that works well. Um, you know, maybe there is a range hood fan, but it's really noisy, or maybe it's what we call a recirculating range hood fan that just puts the air pollution right back in the kitchen. Uh, and so, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, I don't want to say, make it sound like it's really simple. We'll just use your range hood fan because not everyone has one, but that really is where we should be moving. Everyone should have a good range hood fan and, um, should know how to use it well to protect themselves and their family.
1: So to sum up with your expertise, what would you recommend with consumers who maybe now are a little bit leery? They're looking at their gas stove and thinking, do I need to retrofit my home, my kitchen at the moment?
2: Yeah, so definitely, um, you know, when it comes time to, to replace your natural gas stove, you might choose to replace it with something else. But the most important thing you can do is to make sure that you've got a good range hood fan and that you're using it. And if you can't have a range hood fan, then you want to make sure that you're venting the kitchen well. So perhaps opening a window if you can. Um, You know, it's not perfect because it doesn't get rid of all the pollutants from cooking, but certainly something like a good HEPA filter operating in the kitchen can help. The good news is that, you know, if you do put in a good range hood fan and use it, you're, you're, you're doing a lot. In fact, almost everything to solve the problem.
1: Dr. Jeffrey Siegel, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. That was Dr. Jeffrey Siegel, a professor of civil and mineral engineering at the University of Toronto. I'm Christine Ross, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, imagine relaxing on a tropical beach while back home thieves were selling your home without your knowledge.
0: You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP fighting to hold politicians accountable for better health care. Find out more at carp.ca.
1: It's hard to believe, and it's happening more than you may think. Organized crime groups are behind a string of real estate frauds in the GTA. 30 homes have either been sold or mortgaged without the real owner's knowledge and experts say the majority of victims are Zoomers. So what can you do to safeguard against becoming a victim? I spoke with Brian King, president of private investigation firm King International Advisory Group. When people hear this news, they're gobsmacked. How can your home be sold right out from under you by strangers, in this case scammers, criminals, without the owner's knowledge?
3: Well, I mean, they're they're fairly um, proficient at This activity, um, they, they know what they're doing. People that uh, are typically targeted, but not targeted because of who they are. It's what they have. And, and typically the fraudsters are looking for homes that have a a high uh, equity value in them. In in other words, a home that is either free and clear of any mortgages or has a, 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 has a low mortgage in, in comparison to its value. And, these people are are quite good. They've, you know they, they usually have the help of or someone that has been in that professional chain of real estate transactions in the past. so they know what they're doing.
1: I was just about to ask you to profile for me the type of homeowner which you have just done. so can we assume then that a lot of boomers could be targeted in this if they're homes that with mortgages that are mostly paid off?
3: Um, boomers are probably the ones that should be the most concerned um, based on the profiling that I've seen. In, in a lot of cases, um, people that bought their homes in the 80s and 90s um, 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 and, and even subsequent, but that, that have paid their mortgages off because these people somehow have access to land title records and they're looking for homes that um, typically are free and clear. Title insurance, which is one of the protections that we have, only became sort of vogue in Canada, I want to say, early to mid-2000s. So a lot of people that bought their homes in the in the 1990s or 80s or even going back to the 70s would not have um, likely purchased title insurance.
1: So are they, they on the hook for the losses? N- no, the, the, the law is
3: fairly clear in Canada that, that um, if you're the rightful homeowner and you've been the victim of fraud, um, that um, eventually the home will be, tra- I say eventually, transferred back into your name. But because this whole process by the fraudsters is done legally through lawyers, et cetera, that are also being doped in this process, um, that, uh, you know, the the homeowner would be stuck with Navigating through the legal system to get the home back in their own title, and this can take anywhere's. Typically, what I'm seeing from 12 months to to a year and a half. As well, the fraudsters usually sell all the furniture because they want the house to be um, empty when the new homeowners take take possession. So, so in that case, they also lost all their worldly possessions. So, it, it is it is quite a a disturbing fraud to 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 have happened to you, especially for people that are in the um, in, you know in their twilight years. The worst, of course, is when we have you know an unsuspecting legitimate purchaser buy the home because then they take possession and and um, move in, and all of a sudden now you've got two victims. You've got the the legitimate homeowner, and then you have the the poor person that bought the home. Um, um, who now is in a quandary because, you know, he's he's gone through the legal process of buying the home. So legally it's in his name and and uh, he may have taken out a mortgage. And so he now has a, let's say he bought a home for $2 million and mortgaged a million. He now has a, a mortgage with, let's say, the bank in Nova Scotia for a million dollars on the home.
1: We talk about online fraud where there doesn't have to be a physical person. Um, but, but in this case... You would think that with lawyers involved, that there would have to be someone up front posing as a homeowner.
3: You would think that the lawyers would catch this. The problem is, is that real estate lawyers are not investigators. Typically, um, the people that are front-facing on the IDs are stand-ins. They're paid, they're paid um, uh, people because the, the true people that are receiving the money never want their faces to be seen.
1: Is there anything people can do to safeguard against this happening to them?
3: Well, the first thing, of course, is to have title insurance. Watch for any unusual mail, because sometimes the fraudsters are forced to, you know, purchase things like property insurance. If you're going to be away for a lengthy period of time, you know, for for more than a few weeks, um, if it's going to be months or, or even years have somebody living in the house that you trust or at least make it look like the house is being lived in. Keep a vehicle in the driveway. Don't make the house look like it's fake.
1: Brian King, thank you so much for this. I really appreciate it. Thank you. That was Brian King, president of private investigation firm King International Advisory Group. That brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Christine Ross for Libby's Neimer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide.
0: Zoomer Week in Review is produced by Ziv Hadi, Christine Ross, and Paul Thomas. Technical producer, Justin Eacock. Executive producer, Moses Neimer.